That's it, Beast Mode. D-D-D-Da-Da-Da. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Taiwan's number one English language NBA related podcast. Let's do it. This is your host, Sam Yars. With me, as always, my good friend, Matty Cold Noodles. AKA Matt Von Ryan. Matt Von Ryan coming in. Everyone, a burning question on everyone's mind, Matt, is, is how's the watermelon doing? How's your watermelon? The vines are extended, man. My, my, my garden's looking good. I, was, I spent four days at the beach, so, I, so some things died, some things had to perish, but the other plants took the space of the, the dead peas, and then the watermelon's looking oh, the good. Pea, the, peas, the peas are out. The, the peas wa- are gone. The peas are gone, man. I'm going to buy, be buying my peas this winter. But, be buying peas this winter. Be but I'll be rolling in watermelon, man. Oh, my, man. The vines are stretching. Probably, probably two feet. I like how you said the vines Almost. are extended. You said that like a gardening pro. You said that was like... It's how I do it, man. Is that how a gardening term? Is that the term for them? The vines that's, have extended? Yeah, that's exactly... That's amazing, man. I got to check out these these ones. Can you see the uh, the actual fruit itself? Is it coming in? Are they... We just got vines. We got vines. In <laughs> sorry, sorry. No way to jump the gun. Sorry. You just shot me a look like, all right, yeah. Fucking hell. I forgot. I'm just, I'm not Sammy Green Thumbs. I don't know the ins and outs of watermelon gardening. But It yeah. would be great if there was like a little bit of rain. We've had 10 straight days of over 36 degree weather with 90% humidity, Ooh. which is, I don't know, 95 degrees, but plus the humidity. So it's just... Dude, I saw the brutal. F- feels like the other day. The feels like was 128. Yeah. 128 Fahrenheit feels like. Like, it for, is. For our listeners insane. not living in Taipei or not living in a swamp, <laughs> the humidity is just brutal. I, I love the sun. I love the, the heat, but the humidity just, just bakes you. It kills you, and we live in Taiwan's in this, uh, Taipei's in this little valley, man. We're just, we're just getting burnt. Anyway, here, we're talking Oops. about humidity and watermelons. When people, people tune into this podcast. It's not the Zach Lowe podcast. We're here to talk about sports. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not ranting about watermelons. Yeah, yeah the watermelons and the, the coast of Croatia. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but we do have a Zach Lowe rant for you later. I'll do. We're introducing a new segment in today's podcast. I'm very it's excited called, for that. I'm sorry. And I'll be I'll be giving Sam either uh, a real or a fake Zach Lowe rant. And to keep it real and keep it genuine, I flipped a coin to decide whether I'll choose real or fake. There's no mind game. There's just a straight rant. Sam will have to decide whether it's real or fake. But that'll be the last part of the podcast. I'm like, yeah, you gotta stay tuned for that, Matt. So Matt will read me a rant, and I choose whether this is a real Zach Lowe rant or uh, if Matt is making it up off the top. I a like man that. we love. Yeah. We both love Zach Lowe, but. He's a, a real guy. But, 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 let me, let me just say this, though. I'm uh, sorry. I I'm sorry. Say. I'm sorry. I have to say it. It's my job. That's what I do. I cover sports. He's I'm the sorry. man, though. Yeah, he's our hero. Yeah, he's a, he's a fucking bad We only roast the ones we love. Um, uh, quick sponsorship shout-out. Uh, today, is we're continuing the Family Mart Summer of Beer. We have a new addition to the Family Mart Summer of Beer. Um, Shubatian. Taiwan beer Shibatian now Ooh. comes in cans. Matt, yes, wow. did you know that? That Shibatian comes in cans. Shibatian is 18-day fresh Taiwan beer. Uh, normally, you can only get this in large bottles at certain uh, Taiwanese restaurants to ensure that it's 18 days. However, they're now available in cans at Family Mart, which might ruin the the 18 day promise I'm not sure what that does yeah they, they charge you about 50% extra telling you that it's super fresh and it's going to expire very soon and it's a, a limited commodity but now it's in cans and it's yeah cheaper anyone will tell you Taiwan beer after those 18 days you don't want you don't want anything to do with it yet Can't touch it, it goes right down the hill uh, anyway alright uh, well, that's our sponsor that's Taiwan our sponsor. 18 Taiwan beer, beer. Shibatian. That's the top line. That's the top shelf Taiwan beer. The Thai beer. But it's also your Chinese lesson of the day. Last, Shibatian. Last Shibatian. Last time we had 18 day. my fun. Yeah, my fun. 
buying rice means uh, cheap foul, and today you got 18 days. That's Shabbatian. So you stick with us. We might have a, 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 a guest visit from, if we do this long enough, we might not have our, our Chinese tutor coming back in. Um, but not right now. This first one here, we're going to go over a couple burning NBA questions right now. And um, it's been kind of the quiet season in the NBA, Matt, you know, with the last couple of weeks. Fuck, not, man. Not a lot of new developments. I've been watching baseball. Christ. Oh I've been watching God. under 12 international baseball. I know what you mean. Are they, did you did they keep showing that Taiwan-USA game? Yeah, where they got... They, yeah, they spanked them. Yeah, Taiwan fucking uh, smoked us, right? Yeah, and fucking, uh, they've replayed that game. I, I count. I've been going. They replayed it at least five times. They're replaying it over and over again. But I haven't caught the game where they lost to Japan. Yeah, seven. that one seemed to disappear from the radio. Yeah, I don't understand. And when the uh, the grown-up team got smoked in the World Baseball Classic by, in order, Korea, the Netherlands. And Israel, <laughs> there was nothing to be seen from the uh, the, in the, the real, Taiwanese man. commentators. There's nothing. I tried to watch Big Three. Uh, for those who listen to our first podcast, I was trying to hype up Big Three. You were coming early, yeah. I, I listened to Ice Cube's podcast on Bill Simmons. Yeah, I, I went all in. <laughs> uh, should, I, should I invest in Bitcoin at 1000 a a Bitcoin, or should I uh, go all in on the big three? And I, I chose wrong, Sam. Bitcoin's <laughs> worth $4,400. Oh, no. <laughs> and the oh, big no. three is unwatchable. Big three. Al Harris is not even playing anymore, right? This guy's out. He's out of the big He's three. gambling. He's, He's in the saying, casino. He's trying to double it up. He's trying to get some Bitcoin, I guess. Um, so in this, in the doldrums of the NBA season, we kind of Ooh, turn to story, the kind of storylines. Uh, and in, 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 in one way, to me, the absence of new storylines has been the biggest storyline because... When we last checked in with you guys, um, we were talking to you after uh, Kyrie Irving famously demanded a trade. Since then, from what NBA news we have had, it's certainly making the situation look worse and worse in terms of Kyrie staying in Cleveland. We've read reports that during the entire playoff stretch, Kyrie Irving did not speak to his teammates. During the entire playoff stretch, Kyrie Irving was not on speaking terms with his teammates. On one of the best teams in the NBA. On one of the best teams in the NBA. Not a losing team. NBA. And so, clearly an unhappy guy in a situation that's not great for him, demanding a trade, sending a list of his preferred candidates out of town. Uh, so let's start with this, Matt. In this offseason, we saw Paul George traded for Victor Oladipo and the Sabonis younger one. Demontis. Demontis. Exactly. DeMontis. We saw uh, Chris Paul traded for arguably a much a much better haul. Way better. Uh, but still, you know, uh, not necessarily a, a, a bevy of names in there. Some definitely some some solid role players. Some solid some solid picks going back and forth. Uh, Jimmy Butler traded for the, Zach Levine for and Zach Levine, Chris uh, Dunn, Chris Dunn, and the rights to draft Laurie fucking marketing. Um, <laughs> Especially look at those last two, Jimmy Butler and, and Paul George. And then you hear reports that the Phoenix Suns are taking Luke Jackson off the table. What is going on with oh, Kyrie? Oh, man, Sam, you're, you're, I love you, man. You just said Luke Jackson, the Oregon, oh, no, <laughs> Oregon no. alumni Hall of Fame. Luke to Luke. God damn. I believe you mean Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. You've been spending me, yeah. too much time with me. You're going to start talking about CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. Why did Myers Lillard get about now? Um, so, so what do you think is going on with Kyrie? Why does there seem to be little to no market for Kyrie? Why do, you, why do you think that in this NBA offseason where you saw two big-name players, Butler and George, go for pennies on the dollar, that you're not seeing 
either a comparable situation emerged with Kyrie, or and you're not seeing a lot of action in the Kyrie trade market. What's going on with the relative quiet in terms of actual trade chatter about Kyrie? I think the team has no pressure to trade him. He says, I want to be traded, but he's under contract. And I think the team is sort of showing him that, that, that we don't have to trade you. We can keep you. And mm. also, they're, maybe they're even showing LeBron like that the players don't have all the power. That, mm. you know, Dan, Dan Gilbert, he's a, he's a fiery guy. And he's a guy who wrote the, the infamous letter to LeBron when he left. And he's a man who, who really uh, has a lot of power and respect in his personal life. But oftentimes, it doesn't really get that in his NBA life. Mm-hmm. He's sort of mm-hmm. painted mm-hmm. as a fool or LeBron's bitch or like mm-hmm. LeBron's the GM or he's, he's calling all the shots. And, and everyone knows or everyone is saying LeBron is going to leave. And mm-hmm. if LeBron said one time that, hey, I'm, I'm seeing how it goes or I didn't say anything mm-hmm. or like don't quote me, something even really mm-hmm. small like that. That maybe this chatter will go away, but LeBron never addresses it, and it just it seems like for sure he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. And I think Dan Gilbert is he's trying to like he's trying to play the the hand he's dealt the best he possibly can, mm-hmm. and he's looking at what he can get back right now, and he's just like this is this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to win this trade, right? Because now whatever trade he makes, like how how much did people ridic- ridicule the the Paul George trade? Oh, yeah. You know, like, Kevin Pritchard's a fool, like, this is ridiculous, yeah. and Jimmy Butler as well, like, this is a joke. I would say rightly so, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> rightly so, but, like, you know, these are powerful billionaire people that are mm-hmm. really, really respected and really have the whole world at their fingertips, mm-hmm. and if they make the wrong move, all of a sudden they're a joke. Yeah. So, I think Dan Gilbert's not going to trade Kyrie until he wins the trade, until, which, yeah. which could be a lot of picks. May not be a better team, but until he wins the trade. Yeah. What says you? I think that no, that's a, that's an interesting way to look at. It. I guess I would can uh, continue that. You, you you hit on something there that I think is really interesting. What does it mean to win the trade for the Cavaliers? What does winning the trade mean? Well, each player and each pick and each expiring contract, they all have some value. Mm-hmm. And there's the old saying: you, you don't trade four quarters. So you don't trade a dollar for four quarters. Like you don't trade a great player like Kyrie. No, I think a dollar for four quarters is, is okay. I think you don't want three quarters though. <laughs> Did I say three? Yeah, you said four, which is just the same. You're, you're, you're good okay. on that. <laughs> if but, you get four quarters, you did all right. But you don't want four role players for one stock. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't want one dollar. Yeah. You don't want to trade your one, your all-star player for four players who are all good players, but they're all just role players or above average. Re- replacement players mm. so you know which way is Cleveland gonna go personally man personally I would love to see them trade him for draft picks just totally go, fuck LeBron just go young yeah yeah just totally flip it on LeBron that's interesting and, yeah and it's like do you, are you gonna leave or you want to build with us like we're gonna build you want to stay in Cleveland and build with mm-hmm. us or you want to leave and then maybe you can trade LeBron LeBron's yeah. got no trade clause but like maybe he went out and then you can trade Kevin Love, and like you could rebuild pretty quick. You got a lot of, you got a lot of stars on this team. Yeah, that's what's in, that's what's interesting to me about this trade because it, right now it seems like when you hear the trades that have been discussed and people have pitched a lot of these hypothetical trades, it seems like Cleveland is aiming for an almost impossible target in terms of looking to win the trade. It seems like every trade proposed, Cleveland needs to bring back one of at least three different things. They need a player. 
who can contribute and help them win right now. Absolutely. They need a player, a young player, who can replace in some ways Kyrie's potential future stability on the team. And they need draft picks. Yeah. And those three things, getting them all in a trade, I think would be a huge win for Cleveland. But it seems like an almost impossible trifecta to, to pull off. Which is why Phoenix makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, with the um, Luke Ridenour, uh Freddie Jones. No, sorry. <laughs> Josh Jackson. I really thought you were going to say it. Oh, I was ready to jump on that. Josh Jackson, Bledsoe, and uh, and maybe a pick if they eat the Channing Fry or something like that. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the trade bandied around. And, like and I actually like that trade for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it makes them worse. Obviously, Bledsoe is a step down from Kyrie. Mm-hmm. But it, it just makes them worse, absolutely. So why, from Phoenix perspective, do you think Josh Jackson is off the table? Or do you think that that's just talk? Do you think that's bluster on their part? I think they also are in the position where they don't need to make a deal anytime soon. Like yeah. it's it's like a, both teams are staring at each other. Maybe mm-hmm. there's like a second round where Phoenix says, "Hey, plus send us your second round in 2019," and Cleveland mm-hmm. says, "No, no, you send us your second round in 2019." Mm-hmm. And maybe it's something as small as that. Yeah. And you, uh, you, maybe a pick swap. Yeah, but you look around and you. If you're Phoenix, you, you probably see, like, well, there's no better offers, so why should we cave in? Like, yeah. why, why don't we just hold out? Why don't we? Exactly. Because, why do we cave now? Why do we hold up? Yeah. Because you're assuming that they're not going to bring Kyrie to training camp. Like, that'd be so awkward. Also, like, okay, think about how ridiculous it would be if Phoenix did trade for Kyrie. Would Kyrie would be their fourth all-star point guard in four years, oh. right? <laughs> you got Tragic, Thomas, list. Bledsoe. <laughs> and and then Kyrie, that'd be their fourth All-Star point guard in four years. Amazing. Yeah, and then you got like who? I mean, who else has been through this? The Tyler Eulis, Brandon Knight, Brandon Knight. Is, yeah, like, yeah. Jesus, they have so many point guards. That's an insane. And Devin Booker yeah. brought brought the ball quite a bit too. But I think you touched on a really interesting point when you talk about should should Cleveland just go only for draft picks because we're kind of getting into that point where we talked about we talked about in the draft podcast split, splitting the baby. You know, my position on splitting the babies is you don't split babies. When you're going for this, a package... This podcast is very against splitting We babies. hate splitting babies, yeah. We're very We have a, a strong, a strong anti-splitting babies. I don't care babies. what Trump says. I'm anti-splitting <laughs> babies. babies. Yeah, I will say it unequivocally, yeah. Um, that, uh, that when you are aiming for, okay, we need the player who can help us win now. We need the player who's the young potential guy going forward, and we need the draft pick. Do you end up not really getting back the maximum value in, in, in any one of those areas then? Do you end up, look at that Phoenix, let's look at that Phoenix package. That sounds like a nice package. Okay, Eric Bledsoe helps you win now. He's a lockdown defender, if healthy, on defense. Um, Josh Jackson never moving been forward healthy. Yeah, is a question mark, but he's a young player with a terrific amount of upside, and the draft pick could not be gonna contribute this year. coming out of that. Exactly. So, yeah, you end up with a guy who is a very, you look at that the negative way, take the cynical view, you have... A, probably the most, the biggest injury risk at the point guard position in the entire NBA. You've got a guy whose major flaw is the most important NBA attribute in 2017, a jump shot. Yeah. And you have a draft pick uh, that, you know, that, that might not rate above middle of the first round. Have you not really hit a home run on any one of those three mm. categories then? Is it smarter, do you think, Matt, to go all in with one or the other? Go just for straight picks or go just straight for the win now? Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting they wouldn't try to do that. I, I really think the whole LeBron thing just just throws out of whack. Yeah. You, you know, like if you're 
if you're, uh, let's say, you're the Spurs and Kawhi has one year left on your deal, uh -huh. you can make deals assuming Kawhi's going to resign. Mm -hmm. But when you're Cleveland, like, you almost know he's going to leave. He brought you the championship. Mm -hmm. He's sort of fulfilled his obligations, I guess you yeah. could say. And now you're just sort of like, you're just at his mercy. So mm -hmm. I think you're right. Like, it's probably better to just be like, okay, well... Brad is mercy, so let's embrace it and let's let's trade, mm -hmm. you know, to Denver for all their veterans or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. Or, fuck LeBron, fuck his games, fuck yeah. his like non his unwillingness to like con to you know contribute to the offseason and to be involved. Yeah. And let's just let's just go young. Let let's just get yeah. a lot of picks. Let's get a lot of picks back. Yeah. Let's get a lot of picks. Let's rebuild. God knows we have the fucking horseshoe sticking out of our ass for the NBA draft lottery. Yeah, like we could make sure all your picks are unprotected. Yeah, make sure they're unprotected. Get them all back. Yeah, I think that that's I think that that's an interesting thing. I think that in trying to hit these multiple moving targets, uh, that they're going to end up doing a disservice to themselves. And I, I think that's a good point. That's interesting. I've never heard anyone say that. I think. Well, thank you. I thought I thought of it. So yeah, this is because. The player you're getting back, the proven player, mm -hmm. is not that great. Mm -hmm. And the the rookie you're getting back is That's not that great. And the draft pick you're going to get back is probably not that great. Yeah. So you're getting you're checking all the boxes, but yeah. you're not really getting any like blue chip yeah. prospects or players in this thing. And this is what I think is interesting. Uh, I think, and this is a prediction Josh I'm going to make. Jackson. I'm going to see if you agree with this yet. Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. This guy's like the, the Why key. Why Phoenix trade? <laughs> He's like the key it's to the ridiculous. NBA offseason. Kyrie yeah. Irving, Josh Jackson. This guy was yeah. He was just bricking jump shots from the college three point line a couple of months ago, and now yeah, yeah. yeah. And now he's the key to the NBA offseason. Oregon yeah. steamrolled Kansas. Yeah. Uh, um, so this is what this is what, I'll see if you agree with me on this take right now is that I think uh, I think that what we're talking about we're kind of tiptoeing around it and we're getting to it is that the NBA the average NBA fan is smarter than ever before. And they're smarter than even the decision era NBA fans. And I think the narrative is going to turn against LeBron James again hmm. before he leaves Cleveland, if, if, in the, if indeed that's what he does. Really? How so? I think that, I think because the way we see it right now heading into the 2017 season is that LeBron has built himself kind of a nice backdoor, a way out. He can, if they trade Kyrie, and like you said, if they go all young, they go all young picks, he can say, well, they're clearly not dedicated to putting a winner around me. If they keep Kyrie... I, I think he's already built the back door. I, I think, think, yeah. I think, hey, you, you like Griffin go. I like Griffin. Yeah, you like Griffin go, you didn't pay, you wouldn't pay money for a GM, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing, I think the smart NBA fans see that, and they see that for what it is. They see that as kind of a cynical ploy on James' plan to stay one step ahead of the, of the Cavs' ownership, and... I think smart NBA fans know what you and I both know, which is that if he just came out one time and said, I'm staying in Cleveland, he could completely alleviate. Or, or just, I didn't say that, just text, hey, don't believe this quote. Yeah. I never said anything. I never like, said anything, yeah. Just, just something really right. small like that. Really small like that. And so I think that if he doesn't make some kind of public statement to address these rumors of him leaving, if he tries to just play out this year 
and you know he's passively subtweeting guys all through the year and sending weird Instagram photos and posting strange workout videos and this is gonna this, happen too yeah and you, having this, this weird, is gonna happen and then he ends up leaving at the end of the year and says well you know I I did my best but the organization didn't meet me halfway I think that the the narrative is gonna turn on him I think the narrative is gonna turn on LeBron. I think they're going to say, you could have dealt with all of this last offseason if you had just stood up and said something publicly. When the whole Kyrie thing was going on, you're tweeting out T. Grizzly videos, you know. Like, I think you that remember. you could have dealt with this. Yeah, that's one of our sponsors last, last week. Uh, so I think that that's what I see. What, what, what would you think about that? How do you think about the narrative of LeBron James leaving Cle- uh, Cleveland? Well, here's a, here's a little nugget that might support your idea. Do you know who the last player who forced a trade to L.A.? To help his post basketball career, what? To help his post basketball career? Yeah, to so help. That's not Dwight to, Howard to help, farting his favorite flavor of candy. No, right? it was Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard said, "I'm a funny person. I want to be in TV and movies. Oh, I'm going Christ. to LA." And he forced his way to LA yeah. because he is funny and interesting, and people love him. In his own mind. <laughs> Starting at center for the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> it's the most uh, anonymous man in basketball. Cody Zeller. Dwight Howard's hurt today. <laughs> his, uh, his ankles are acting up. Yeah, right. But it was the exact same thing. It was this mm. guy, he, he's going to make so much money off the court because mm. he is so funny and so interesting. And, yeah. and Hollywood's going to love him. He's going to be in movies and commercials. Mm. He's going to make so much money and all mm. his business off the court. And to your point, I think... If LeBron goes there, he's not going to be hailed as a, some hero. He's going to be he's going to be seen as a. I mean, yeah, I'll say like a coward, like a coward. Like he mm-hmm. ran, he ran into the situation, got bad, mm-hmm. like he and he ran to like he forced, he forces his franchises into bad situation. Like you can see what happened to yeah. Miami, and you can see what happened to Cleveland when he left, and yeah. I, I I do think. He, he should be held accountable, you know? I think this narrative turns. I think that we see the narrative turn. I think it's too early for it to be looking good for him right now. People, you know, the smart fans, the smart, uh, the smart uh, analysts are, are saying that, wow, he's really going to set himself up for uh, a clean departure this time because, wow, look at Gilbert being an idiot, shooting himself in the foot with Griffin and stuff like that. We still got a whole year of basketball to play. We still got a whole year of of time for that narrative to flip again. And, and so that's what. Yeah. I mean, and the Cavs are like three to one to win the title. That's their odds. Yeah. Three to one. Like, there's a yeah. good chance they're going to win the title this year. And that's what brings me to the absolutely insane thing about about Kyrie. And this is one of the reasons I think I haven't heard talked about a lot. And and um, is well, one reason that I think that Kyrie is not getting the kind of. Uh, trade buzz and is maybe not bringing back the kind of overwhelming offers we might expect for a player of his talent. Kyrie has two years left on his deal. I think that the next two years of the NBA, you can pencil in the Golden State Warriors if healthy. And you might as well change their name to the Golden State Warriors if healthy at this point yeah. as NBA champions. That's that's the thing. That's like why we shouldn't have a podcast. That's why there should be no ESPN. There should be no, there should be no discussion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there should be no uh, league pass. Like because, this, yeah. like, over the next few months, you're gonna, you're gonna listen to us. Hopefully, you can listen to other podcasts. And you're gonna see your, the websites and uh, any any TV shows you watch. And everyone's gonna talk about like, man, Milwaukee's gonna be the team to watch. Like, mm. who are your sleepers? Who's gonna make it right? Yeah. But 
sadly, it's just like yeah, that final just, that final boss is sitting there. Just yeah. go and stay, and like that final boss is sitting there at the end. Yeah, but and I, strange things happen. So strange things, exactly, and, you and there's some out. shaky in, injury history on that team. Could get interesting, but at the same time, um, two years, two years is the is the window I see for them uh, if they maintain the current roster. Because after two years, their luxury cap situation goes north of four hundred million. Uh, after the next two years, which is becomes untenable even for a billion dollar franchise. Um, okay, so let's spin it around. You know, no one's really talked about, or at least I haven't heard anyone talk about. Why would Phoenix do it? I mean, Kyrie is amazing, but mm-hmm. Phoenix, right now, according to Kevin Pelton's projections mm-hmm. and Bleacher Report's projections, which are, mm-hmm. which are all mathematical projections, Kevin Pelton mm-hmm. uses offensive real plus minus and mm-hmm. defensive real plus minus for every player mm-hmm. on the team and multiplies it by the minutes played mm-hmm. and gets a, a pretty like a pretty decent projection yeah and he projects the phoenix suns to be the worst team in the western conference wow so i mean is it really surprising like what do they have there's a bunch of young people but so you add Kyrie, but then you lose josh jackson and bleds your starting point guard mm-hmm. and it's like I mean, they project worse than the Lakers. Worse than the Lakers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know what's really interesting is the title odds. Uh, Bleacher Report mm-hmm. and Kevin Pelton has the Lakers projected 13th mm-hmm. out of 15 teams, mm-hmm. but the title odds are 100 to one. Really. 100 to one. That is not very good odds. Yeah. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings are 12th. Yeah. On both of the projections, mm. and they're a thousand to one. They're projected <laughs> ahead of them, and they're a thousand to one. Wow. That's but you know, a lot of Laker fans, they throw down some money. So. Yeah, they're moving the line around with that money. Um, the reason why, if I say that you do it if you're the Phoenix Suns, is because Kyrie Irving is the player you save assets for. Yeah, but that's you just you just mentioned the two year window. Very interesting. You, you just mentioned window. the two year window. Yeah. So, I think the NBA executives are smart enough to realize like there is this two year window and. Even if Steph Curry's out for the season, like, mm-hmm. does that change much? It changes a little bit, but not much. Like, not much. Durant's out. Like, as long as KD's doing what he did, if if we see playoff if KD, out, if we see playoff KD in the regular season, can we just? It's it's over. Yeah, it's over. Uh, if, it's over. If two of their big four, mm. big four, man, that's crazy. It's insane, right? Yeah, exactly. If, if two of their big four get injured, then I think you can you. It, everything's wide open. Yeah, but if, if one of them, I think they're still still mm-hmm. the odds on favorite. So if you're the Phoenix Suns, you're not going to go from what's now is projected the worst team in the Western Conference yeah. to the finals and yeah. like you know as you say like the Warriors probably have the next two years locked up. Yeah. So you're training for two years of Kyrie, but like that's why I is, think is that really helping you or do you just develop? You're better off to develop your young players and then mm. you know in four years you just you're signing. Two or three years, you're just extending these rookies, and just and now you have this super team of young studs. They have a lot of like yeah, high I mean, picks. Yeah, they got a lot of young, they got a lot of high draft picks in there who who will be developing. You know, Chris and, and Bender. I mean, the jury's still out on those guys. Chris did not look good. You know, famously in summer league, looked severely overweight. Um, and um, here's why I think you do do it because if the Phoenix Suns. Okay, that sounds like a nice hypothetical. You just wait and let your young players develop along their timeline. But at a certain point, you know, you need stars to win in the NBA. You need stars. And Kyrie Irving is a star. And he's a, he's a star. And once you have one star, it becomes easier to a, a, acquire other stars. 
I think that Phoenix was in the door. You know, they were getting meetings with big free agents. They were meeting with a lot of big people and stuff like that, but they weren't, you know, sealing the deal, obviously, on these people. Phoenix has a great reputation. Their medical staff alone has a fantastic reputation. They're known to extend players' careers just from, you know, whatever, you know, it is that their medical staff is doing. So... I think that if Phoenix is able to, to bring on a player like Kyrie, who has the relationships he has, who knows the people he has in the league, who can say good things about them, I think that for a, a team like Phoenix, it's worth it. Because eventually, I mean, like if not, what's the other plan? It's just wait and hope these things pan out. You're just sifting for gold. If you have the assets, you use them for a player like Kyrie. A young player like that, you bring him in, you give him everything he wants, you show him the world, and you hope that, and you hope to hell that two years is enough to convince him to stay in Phoenix. Because if not, what what do you do in Phoenix? So, I, what are you doing? I, I like your theory. Mm-hmm. Like I like you know, you're a Boston fan, so you're all about acquiring assets for for yeah. later trades, which you've never actually. Which you never <laughs> fucking use. Fuck. But, <laughs> I think for Phoenix, you look at the rest of the roster, like, Booker, he's so young, maybe like 20 or 21, and then... Kyrie's, what, 25, 26? Yeah, but, but like, no, he's 25. So by the time he's 29... But the point is, like, who else on that team is, like, is ready? Like, like, I mean, there's there's just zero veterans. Like, you have the corpse of Tyson Chandler, and, like... And like that's it. Like they're just—it's all young people. It's they all young have, guys. They still so. have that Miami pick. So you bring in Kyrie, and then maybe you know, maybe maybe the next free round of free agents here. You know, Phoenix becomes a place with cap space that that players look at. I, you're right. One two with Kyrie. It's interesting because they do have so many assets that, yeah, that you're right. Like once they get Kyrie, if you can get someone to wave a no trade clause or something mm-hmm. like that, or recruit someone. Or, and they they dump Tyson Chandler's salary with some of their assets and like mm. yeah yeah I see that it's interesting for me when I think of Phoenix I can only think of one thing how two years ago when Lamarcus Aldridge was the number one free agent on the market they signed Tyson Chandler to a four year deal because Lamarcus Aldridge's agent stated that he's not going to play center anywhere he's not going to be a small ball five he's yeah. a, he's a four he's a four and so. They signed Tyson Chandler to recruit him, and they got a meeting with him, and then they and they didn't sign there. And then now he's just the mm-hmm. player you can't even give away. Yeah. Just, it's only two years ago. It's just so ridiculous. How things change in, the, in those two years, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's interesting, but I think at a certain point, like a franchise like that, you got, you got to make a move, you got to get a splash, and Kyrie's such a special talent. At the same time, god damn, I would be... I would be shaking every bush. I would be asking every person, you know, like I'm, you, you know us. We're not NBA insiders. We're outsiders. We're over here in Taiwan. We're watching on TV. We don't know what Kyrie's like personally. We don't know what he's like behind the scenes. But he's he's demanding to be traded from a team that is guaranteed you show up and play. You're making the NBA finals every year. And the reports that he's not even talking to his he's teammates. He's not even speaking to his team. Like in all of his playoffs? teammates. All the teammates. You know, not just LeBron. Like what? 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 What could? What could LeBron possibly be doing in the locker room to inspire that kind of hatred? Like, what do you think, LeBron? Yeah. What did DeAndre Liggins do? Yeah. Why are you like, firing yeah. shots in his way? You know, like uh, I mean, did like did he just leave you out of too many Instagram photos? Like what? Like what? How can he inspire that level of anti- that love that lack of professionalism? You know, like you can say, okay, I still showed up and did my job on the court. Part of Amazing. your job of being a teammate is, uh, is, is you know, not having people hate you. Is that fair to say? Is that fair? I mean, I think 
that that goes right back to LeBron. Like you can say the same thing to LeBron. Like I don't mm. think he's been a very good teammate. Like I, I think mm. he's been, uh, of course, like he's been yeah. he's been uh, he isolates teammates. He calls them out on social mm-hmm. media. He embarrasses them. These are all Kevin Love examples, but uh, yeah, these are all just, yeah, that's just Kevin Love. Yeah, that's just Kevin Love. But like he hasn't been a good teammate, and so I think I can kind of imagine how that rubbed Kyrie the wrong way, and how Certainly. it's interesting though that how he would sort of take a page in LeBron's playbook and like do the same thing yeah may maybe yeah the the the, uh, the student has become the teacher now yeah it's like an yeah interesting well Jedi parable I mean we didn't know we were gonna go 30 minutes on Kyrie but yeah. it, it really is interesting and it, it just it's I mean it's so fascinating to watch it's, the, it's, it's so exciting one of the best it. teams ever like the Cavaliers are amazing but absolutely amazing. as promised we got one more segment we got for you this is uh this is called I'm sorry it's it's Zach Lowe I'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. I just got to say it. <laughs> Zach Lowe is an amazing interviewer, amazing podcaster, amazing writer. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I am if I'm wrong. Yeah. Sometimes in his podcast, he goes on really petty rants, and they're really funny. And, mm-hmm. and this is not something that we find annoying or we find stupid. We just find it funny. It's a tribute. This is a tribute, a tribute, not a mock. But So Matt's going to pitch me a rant right now. I do not know if this is a real Zach Lowe rant or if this is one that Matt has invented himself. So uh, I'm ready for it, Matt. My job is to predict whether this is truly Zach Lowe or whether this is you imitating Zach Lowe. I'm going to try to pick up on subtle verbal cues and things right here. And so Matt, go ahead and hit me with the rant. Yeah, the one thing I want to say is we don't like mind games. This is no, like, I'm not trying to fuck with Sam. I'm trying to give, like, ten fakes in a row or something. Like, give well, last time you said, no, no, I flip a coin and decide whether it's going to be real or fake. So it's just, it's just pure. It's the pure, can Sam suff it out? Can he, can he pan the gold of, of truth nuggets? A lot of gold panning. A lot of nuggets here. All right, let's yeah. do it. Okay, so this is a conversation, allegedly, between Zach Lowe and Howard Beck. What up, Beck? What up, Beck? I put on my sunglasses, lower my voice. What up, Beck? So, I'll do a little bit higher voice for Zach. And a little bit, I, I, I'm sorry. And a little bit lower voice for Howard Beck. Apologies. Okay. Uh, these impressions are not very good. But uh, Zach starts the conversation. I'm not sure, but I imagine you were in Bristol live for the draft on ESPN. <laughs> Actually, Zach, you won't believe this, but I was watching it on TV alone in Milwaukee. <laughs> what? What? My mind just got blown. How? <laughs> yeah, just me and $8 candy bars. I was... Wait, wait, wait. Can we talk about that? Why? Can anyone explain why? How is it that a 50 cent... Or maybe a dollar in New York. <laughs> a candy bar that costs less than a dollar or less than that can cost 800% because it's adjacent to your bed? <laughs> it's. I- I'm sorry, but it's gotten outrageous. You're paying hundreds of dollars for the rooms. Why can't we have a bar of sugar and peanuts, sometimes with caramel? Caramel or caramel? Okay, we're off track. So, what were your impressions of the draft? So, was this a real or fake conversation between oh, Zach Lowe uh, and 
Powered back, and I promise you, I flipped a coin to decide whether it will be real or fake. Matt, well, if that if that was if that was fake, that's a if, if it was fake, that was a very very good Zach Lowe. I like you, you you hit on a lot of things right there. First, his outrage over the price of things, like he's a <laughs> 1950s grandfather for some reason, there, right? And then um, he does act like an old man. And then uh, I, the use of the word adjacent. I don't think I've ever heard him use that word. That's a little bit of a tell for me, and that might have been one that you were working on right there. And then. Um, and 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 then there's another there's another cue in there that he always uses like why the why 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 um, I'm gonna say that was Zach Lowe that was a Zach Lowe that was a Zach Lowe original. Oh, no, that's that was a fake. Written on the subway. <laughs> written on the subway. That's Matt Von doing doing his own Zach Lowe and Howard Beck <laughs> take on on hotel. I should have known adjacent. He never says adjacent. That was you. I threw it in there because I never use adjacent. I was like, Sam's gonna think I don't use the word adjacent. Because <laughs> I was gonna say next to. I was like, wait a minute. Right. Adjacent. Adjacent. Quick, yeah. The source stuck. Ah, very well. All right, I'm over one. There should be there should be some kind of punishment for this. We gotta we gotta work on that for next week. Tweet us. Uh, hit us up at uh, at thankyouverymuchpod at gmail dot com. Yeah, leave uh, comments on the SoundCloud. Leave a comment on the SoundCloud. Let us know what what should I have to do. I got that wrong. Uh, what what should my punishment be? Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Uh, so thank you guys so much. This has been Dunk You Very Much, Taiwan's number one NBA-related uh, podcast, coming to you live from the pod, uh, the Combat Zone. Combat Zone. Yeah, and we're going to come at you next time. we got a few leftover uh, picks, and we're talking some NBA over-unders Ooh. for you guys. Yeah, some quick previews. Takes. It's just previews, looking at it early in the year. All right, guys, until next time, we'll see you. Sam and Matt, out. Yep.